just for the next little bit while we come to this place, I pray that you let everything else just cease and let you move how you want to move, God. I bless your name in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I'm discouraged. I'm discouraged. Believe your word. 
Gifford, Sharon Gifford, Tayton, Johnny Fair, Cindy Nunez, Brittany Wise, Joey Renfro, and all of our leaders, spiritually, economically, politically, in our school systems, believing that God's going to touch every single need, touching every single situation, and the, the song says, that there is no one higher, no one greater, no one like our God. And I'll tell you what, if there was something, that's probably where I would be today. If there was something greater, something able to give me, something greater than what our God is able to give me, I probably would not be in this church building this morning, going to be honest. But every time that I've needed healing, every time I've needed deliverance, every time I've needed a touch in a time where I was struggling and bound and I needed something greater, then medicine is great. People are great. People are able to do great things. Medicine is able to do great things, but our God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Knowing that there are great things in this world, but there is a God that is greater. There is a God that is greater than your situation. There is a God that is greater than your depression, than your sickness, than your financial situation. There is a God that is greater, ready to move, ready to deliver, ready to restore, and ready for you to answer. And you answer by coming to the front. If you have a need, stepping out in faith and saying, God, I believe you are moving in my situation today. I believe that you are greater. And when you step forward, ministers are going to anoint you with oil and pray over you and with you. And I believe that the God of greater is going to move in your life today. So, Father, I pray that you move right now. Knowing what you are capable of, knowing what you can do. We trust and we believe in you that you touch every body, you heal every mind. Do what only you can do today. In Jesus' name.
very peaceful spirit of the Lord here today. And I believe that if you have a need here today, if you're in a bit of distress here today, a little bit of turmoil spiritually, emotionally, I believe that the Prince of Peace is here to grant you that peace today. I don't know who that's for, but I feel that in the spirit today that the Prince of Peace is here today for you. Just grab hold of the garment and he's going to recognize with that faith that you have. Mm. Oh, yes, Lord. Thank you. Man. Man. I just love being in the house of the Lord. Amen. Man. Oh, thank you, God. We have a few announcements we're going to make before the ushers would come for tithe and offering. Today and tonight, Reverend Jonathan and Melissa Hudson will be ministering here in Paris, Texas. Very excited about that. Make sure to come tonight as well. You do not want to miss it. It's going to be a wonderful time. And then the 11th is Ladies United Fellowship at the Family Life Center. Sister Cynthia Brown is going to be speaking at it, women, so you are not going to want to miss that. <laughs> the 14th is Mommy and Me Cookie Play Day. I think we have a little slide up there. Bring your favorite cookies and drinks to share. Moms, fellowship, and kids will play and have fun. Sign-up sheet for that. Women and kids is in the, sign up, is in the foyer. And then the 17th, next Sunday, everyone say next Sunday. It's Christmas Sunday, okay? So be here. Be here for Christmas Sunday. It's going to be a wonderful time. And then also on the 17th, that night is going to be youth service night. And so youth Sunday night, and so that's strictly, I say it all the time, I'll never get tired of saying it, strictly youth-led. Not for the youth only, but strictly youth-led. So come expecting a great move of God. And then also the 17th, Christmas for Christ offering is due. And the offering starts new churches in the USA, and so that's a wonderful thing. So make sure to turn in some money for that if you have pledged for it, I guess. And then finally, the 31st is your mission pledge deadline. That's the deadline for it, so make sure to get that turned in if you have not already. At this time, if we could please have the ushers come to take the tithing offering. Lord, I thank you for everything you're doing in Paris, Texas right now. Thank you for everything you're doing in each and every one of the families that attend this church. But not just here, God, because your spirit is moving everywhere right now. Your spirit is moving in Baptist churches. Your spirit is moving in Catholic churches. Lord, we thank you for your spirit, God. We thank you for everything you're doing financially, emotionally, spiritually, physically in each and every one of our lives. And God, above all, we pray that your will would be done in all of these things, in our world, in our nation, in your great name, bless this gift, this offering, and bless the givers. Amen.
prevail. That means liberty. And today is a day of victory in the liberty of the blood, the word, the name, and the power of the resurrection. Turn around and smile at somebody as if to say, you're in line for a blessing today. God bless you as you're seated. The word revive is so phenomenal because he is going to, in the last days, he said, revive thy works in the midst of the years and in the middle of wrath, mercy is going to emerge. That is a fabulous promise of the one who led in resurrection from the graveyard. So from the birth to the resurrection, you are sitting in line for one of the greatest things going on. We have today with us a phenomenal couple that have been raised by phenomenal parents, both their dads, their mothers have walked through the valley of the shadow of death and none of them fear evil because Jesus has been a light unto their path and a power structure to their thought patterns. And today we are honored to have with us Brother Jonathan and Sister Melissa Hudson want him to come right now take his liberty and why don't you stand and let's make welcome to this pulpit today and tonight let's worship the Lord he is worthy this morning Jesus we praise you you may be seated thank you for the welcome I am honored to be in the presence of God I'm honored to be here at UPC Paris. I tell people, I'm going to tell people I'm going to Paris, see what they say. Went to the Eiffel Tower last night. That was fun. I went downtown. I love the Christmas lights downtown. It was beautiful. You guys do it up right here. We enjoyed. They took us to a little ice cream place and had some praline. Delicious, wonderful room, you guys have for us at the hotel. Thank you so much. So glad to be here this morning. Love my my wife. I traveled a long time without my wife. It's so nice to have her with me. Love her very much. Feel a great presence of the Lord here this morning. Hallelujah. If you didn't feel it, that worship team did a great job this morning ushering us into the presence of the Lord. People have already been renewed here today in the spirit. We know that the Bible says God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. So if you really want to know God, you've got to be born of the spirit. You've got to come into a relationship with God. This morning, God is looking for a relationship with you. Man, oftentimes in our life, we accept the blessings of God. And we don't really talk to him much when we're being blessed. It's when we're in trouble, we start crying out to God. But God wants a daily relationship with you. He wants to commune with you always. He wants to be there. If you understand the power of God and the presence of God is not just there when you're in trouble. It's there when you're at a time of peace. 
There's nothing like his presence getting up in the morning. There's no, no bills, no problems, and just communing with God. Just having the Spirit of God touch you and fill you and feel the joy and the, the relationship you can have with him. He's here this morning. He's looking for you. And I'm glad that he came looking for me. You know, some people say, I found God. No, I didn't find God. God found me. He found me when I was lost and alone. This song is called, He Came Looking for Me. Hope y'all don't mind a little country this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. One night while alone on life's raging sea, it looked as if I would suffer defeat. The blackness of night closed off the light. My heart sank with fear. My desperate cry. Jesus appeared. He said, this one. 
person alone. God, you didn't leave me in the gutter of life. Lord, when Satan kicked me down, when Satan tried to take me out, Lord, oh, you found me. Hallelujah. I'm glad he's here this morning and he's looking for us. I take you to the word of the Lord. If you'd like to stand, I'm just going to read one scripture. Let you sit back down. Thank you for honoring the word of God. Genesis 3 verse 9 says this. The Lord God called unto Adam and he said to him, where art thou? Since the beginning of time, God has been looking for a relationship with man. He created mankind for relationship. The angels already existed. They were created to worship him. They were created to praise him. They were created for one purpose, that was to worship God. But I can sing a song that the angels cannot sing because I chose him and he chose me. I have a relationship with God because he came looking for me. My message is, where are you? Father, we love you. We thank you, Jesus, for this day. I thank you for this people. You have brought us together with a purpose. You have brought us together, Lord, to touch us with your presence. You brought us together for change. Lord God, I came into this place wanting to have a touch of your spirit in my life. I need a change. I pray, Lord, that you would be with us. Lord, find me today. Lord, find a way into my heart today. I am open to your spirit. I love you. In Jesus' name, where are you? Started in the garden. You may be seated. Started in the garden where man sinned. Sin separates us from God. Sin, you see, man was made with a choice. You choose what you want to do with your life. You choose who you are in relationship with. No one can force you. You choose it. God made you with a choice. Choices find us sometimes in trouble. <laughs> Choices find us sometimes in trouble with the law or in trouble with other people, and, and you may get bound up, but that was your choice, not God's. You made a choice. There is a choice. Every one of us has to make that choice. Every one of us today, daily we make choices. Every day when you get up, you make choices as to what you're going to do with that day. You listen to your flesh or you listen to the spirit. There's only two choices. God said you can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve God and self. The flesh wants what the flesh wants, but the spirit knows what's right. So if you'll listen to the spirit, you'll have a good day. If you'll listen to the spirit, you can come today and let your troubles go. If you'll listen to his spirit and you'll come to the Savior, God can give you a freedom. God can give you a touch that you haven't had in a while. He wants to do that. He's looking for you. That's why I'm here preaching, where are you? Because God wants to touch you. God wants to love you today. Started in the garden. I'm thankful that our Heavenly Father is willing to love us. He's willing to forgive us. I take you to a portion of Scripture, Luke chapter 15. My message is around the story of the prodigal son. Because we have a choice, inevitably, every one of us. Because we were born in sin. David said, I was born in sin, shaped in iniquity. Hallelujah. So we're not here pointing fingers at everybody else. I was born in sin. I needed God. It's in the blood. It got in the blood when Adam and Eve sinned. God said, the day you sin, you'll surely die. He didn't mean that you're going to drop dead because you made one sin. He meant we're going to start dying. We know we're born dying. I'm born going to the grave. 
The Bible says 70, 80 years maybe if I'm lucky on this earth and then I pass from this life because the flesh is not going to last forever because of sin. Sin separated man from God. God came looking though. Oh, you see, God could have just stayed to himself. But no, he made you with love. He made you for love. He made you for relationship. He made you so that you could feel his love, his arms around you, the peace of his spirit. And if you let him today, he'll put his arms around you. He'll find you. Wherever you're at, whatever your situation, our God will find you. He loves you. Luke chapter 15, I start in verse 11. says, a man had two sons. The younger son said to his father, hey, give me the portion of good that followed to me. So he divided unto them his living. This is where God and I differ. My boy comes to me and asks me for half of what I have. I'm going to tell him, go get a job, son. Uh, you, you want to make some money, you, you go earn something. That's what I did. Uh, my mom and dad were good to me. They gave me a house over my head. They gave me a roof. But when it came time to have some money, they told me, work is where you get it. Right? You want to help your children? Help them be workers. <laughs> they'll be blessed all the days of their life if they'll learn to spend their time working. <laughs> and so that's what I would have done. But God didn't do that. Woo! I'm thankful for that. Because when I was in my sin, I was lost. I was undone. I couldn't, make the, I couldn't pay the price. I couldn't go to the cross. I'd have just died. But because he who had no, you see, I had sin. I was destined for the grave, for hell and the grave. But Jesus, who had no sin, went to the cross in my place. Uh, before, before I could even ever ask for it, Jesus made a way where there seemed to be no way. So he paid the price. He gave us, he gives us the opportunity of everything he has is yours. The father spread his goods to the kids. Huh. That young man might as well have been saying, Dad, I don't care what you have to say. Might as well have been saying, I wish you were dead. I just want to get my money and go do my thing. I'm tired of you telling me what to do. I've been there. I thought my parents were just being tyrants. They wouldn't let me do this, wouldn't let me do that, and I thought it was all bad until I went out and did it and then wished I hadn't. You see, God's trying to protect you. When he asks you, when he gives us rules, when he gives us things that we're supposed to do, when he comes into a relationship with us, he tells us, hey, if you'll let me, I'll protect you. If you let me, I'll send you down the right road. I'll send you down the good road. But you see, the flesh gets involved, and we take a wrong turn. Somewhere in your life, you may have taken a wrong turn, but I'm here to tell you, Jesus paid the price for you to get back on the straight and narrow road. Jesus paid the price for you to have peace in your life today. He was saying, Dad, I don't want you to tell me what to do anymore. I'm going to go do my own thing. Verse 13 says, not many days after. Didn't take him very long. He's like us. The young son gathered everything and he took a journey to afar. You see, when, when we want to get away from God, we go as far as we can go. If you've gone a long ways today, if you've gone a far peace from God, just know this, he can get to you. He loves you. He knows right where you are. He's never left you. Some people say, well, I can never be forgiven. That's not true. You're having a hard time forgiving yourself, but Jesus already forgave you. Jesus already went to the cross for you. Jesus loves you. All you've got to do is ask him. I love it. You don't have to beg God. All you have to do is ask God for forgiveness. The Bible says repent. 
when we repent, we turn, say, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need help. When you do that and you turn to God, God rushes to you. Verse 14 said, when he spent it all and went and had some riotous living, he wasted his substance. <laughs> Reminds me of lottery winners. People win the lottery and they get all this money. Within a year or two, they're flat broke again. Boy, I wish I had some of that. I put that in the bank and let some interest build up. And, you know, I'd be satisfied with what I've got. Maybe get a little something. But, you know, they got to go out and buy a bigger house and buy a bunch of fancy cars and boats and go on fancy vacations. And before they know it, it's all gone. Why? Easy come, easy go. When Dad said, you don't have to earn it. When Dad said, let me just give it to you right now. You want it? Here it is. You take off and you burn it. Went out and he bought drinks for everybody. Oh, he had a lot of friends while he had some money. Then the Bible says when he had spent it all, there came a famine. Isn't that how it goes? Uh, when you're having fun, it's so fun. You're just spending everything. You're just having a good time, not worrying about tomorrow. And then all of a sudden, you run out and a famine comes along. The Bible said a famine came. Hmm. Man, he began to be in want. When he began to be in want, there wasn't so many friends around anymore. You see, Isaiah 59, 2 says, Your iniquities have separated between you and your God. Your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. Uh, when you walk away from God, you're walking away. God didn't walk away from you. We walk away from God. We allow ourselves to wander away from the presence of God. You see, sin will take everything from you. It'll take your friends, take your money, take the pleasure of life. Oh, it's fun for a minute. The Bible says sin is pleasurable for a season. And then it starts to cost you. And then you just keep doing it. That, that habit you didn't, that habit that you thought, oh, this is going to be so fun. And then pretty soon it ain't fun anymore. When you're having a hard time breathing, when you're having a hard time thinking because you've numbed yourself with drugs or whatever the things of this world brings your way because you're trying that, that little temporary high. But you find out it's not so temporary and it becomes your master. And it's pulling you and it's guiding you and it won't let you go. The Bible says he went to, verse 15, he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and the man sent him to the field to feed swine. The Bible said he would have fain filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat. No man gave to him. How you like that? He went from eating at the fancy restaurant. He went from drinking whatever he wanted to drink, doing whatever he wanted to do. And all of a sudden, he finds himself in a famine in a pig's slop. The Bible said he would have ate the husk. I've never tried that. I ate the corn off the husk. Never tried chewing on the husk. My teeth have bumped against it while I was scraping the corn off. But I never, I don't think I want to try to chew the husk. That's how hungry he was. Are you there today in your spirit? Are you so hungry? I'll do anything. I'll eat anything. I'll try anything. I just got to find some freedom. I'm here to tell you, you don't have to stay in the pig pen. You can get out of the pig pen. You can get back to the Father's house. You were intended and you were created to have a relationship with God. Sin brings you shame. This was a young Jewish man. They don't even eat pig. And he's feeding 
Isn't that just how life is? You get into sin and you feed the thing that is that you, you despise. Anybody here ever said, I'll never do that? But then you got into doing things you shouldn't do. You went down the wrong road. All of a sudden you found yourself saying and doing exactly what you said you would never do. That's the price of sin. But let me tell you, there's peace at the Father's house. There's joy in the Father's house. If you'll get to God and you'll find God and you'll ask God to help you, God will bring peace to you. Sin takes you farther than you want to go and keeps you longer than you want to stay. I know a young man who walked away from God 20 years later, came home, and he lamented. It was his choice. How long do you want to stay out there in the wilderness? How long are you going to stay in the pig's pen? I like verse 17. Verse 17 is hope for me. He said, and when he came to himself, some of us need to say, wait a second. Let me look in the mirror. Let me see who I really am. Let me see where I'm at. Because if you see where you're at and you know that there's a God who loves you and you know the word of God says if you'll come to him, he can set you free. Then you have peace coming. You have life coming. He came to himself and he said, how many hired servants of my father's have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? Amazing. You see, he'd been through a famine before, I would say. How would he know that at the father's house there was plenty? Because he'd been in the father's house when trouble came. And he knew everybody else is starving. But dad, even the servants at my dad's house have food to eat. Why? Because dad, he put away. He didn't spend everything he had. He saved up for a bad time. He saved up for the hard time. You see, God is there. He's saving it up for you. You may be walking. You may be wondering, but he's got it saved up. And as soon as you come home, you'll know it's there for you in the middle of a storm, in the middle of tumult, in the middle of a situation. If you're at the Father's house, everything's going to be all right. We have to come to ourselves. The Bible says he came to himself. Romans 3.23, Paul said, I, I have come short. I am a sinner. That's what he did. When we come to him, it's because we've realized, I can't do this by myself. I can't find peace. I can't find joy without God. I need him. I, he said in verse 18, I will arise and go to my father, and I'll say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before thee. I'm not worthy to be called your son. Just make me a hired servant. Because he knew even the servants... Got to eat. Sometimes we get desperate. We come to God. God, I'll do anything. Make me a servant. What's amazing there, I like to look at the scriptures and understand what, what's going on. It's amazing there. He left saying, give me human nature. I want to get everything I can get. Give me, give me, give me. Not worrying about anybody else. Not worrying about my father. Not worrying about my loved ones. Not worrying about others. Just give me, give me. That's the spirit of sin. What can I get? Give me, give me, give me. He left saying, give me. But when he came home, he said, hey, daddy, could you make anything out of this old life? Could you make anything out of the mess I made? Oh, God, could you just make me a servant? You see, the Bible's awesome. It says if we act like servants, God treats us like kings and queens. If we'll come humbly before him and we'll love others, God will bless you. 
As long as I'm worried about me, I'm not doing the will of my Father. But when I'm loving, when I'm coming to church and being faithful, thank God for faithful saints of God who are always at church, always faithful, worshiping, and loving God. Hey, you're blessing not just yourself but others. He said, I'll go to my father and say, Father, I've sinned. Came home saying, would you make something? If you're here like the prodigal son today, take heart. You don't have to go home the way you came. You don't have to go home feeling like you feel. There's a peace in the father's house. The Bible said he arose and he came to his father. I love this. Yet when he was a great way off, the father saw him, had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the word kiss there is not a little, how you doing? Long time no see. No, it's a, mm, mm, oh, oh, God, I, I didn't know if I'd ever see you. Oh, I love you, son. Mm, mm, uh, that kiss means over and over the Father. You see, Jesus looked down through time, and he saw you, and he saw me, and he said, wait a minute, before you even come on the scene, I'm going to go to an old rugged cross because I'm going to make a way that you can be with me. I'm going to make a way that we can have a relationship. I'll pay the price. I'll come running to you. Bible didn't say, you see, <laughs> I mean, here's my earthly man. That's not what I'd have done. Come home. I wouldn't have come running off the porch. I'd have been up there going, boy, where you been? Man, you look a hot mess. I taught you better. Take a shower every day. Where's my money? You took off with half the loot, dude. You don't look like you got nothing. You look like you coming apart at the seams. What's going on with you, boy? That would have been my response. I'd have been standing on the porch with my arms folded. What? In the, you smell like a pig. Boy, you know we don't eat pig. Where you been? Human nature. That's not what God did. The Bible said he saw him. Father saw us a long way. And he jumped off the porch. And he ran to me. And he embraced him. He loves us. He didn't care what he looked like. <laughs> Thought about that. Uh, I used to think I was pretty smooth. I was a basketball player back in the day. I was halfway decent. I used to think I could run like a gazelle, man. I ain't going to try to run right now. It would be a hot mess. <laughs> but you see, Jesus didn't care. He didn't care that they crushed a crown of, corn, a, a crown of thorns on his head and blood ran. He didn't care that they beat him the cat of nine tails. He didn't care that they slapped him, mocking him, smote him, spit on him. The Bible said he was so bruised and so that you couldn't even recognize who he was. He didn't even look human. They beat him so, but he didn't care how it looked. He come running. <laughs> he didn't care the price it cost him. He come running. Oh, he went to the garden and he wept tears like great drops of blood. He knew what was coming and he still come running. The father knows all the mess I've made. He can look down his nose at me and judge me and hate me for my sin, but he doesn't. He comes running. and He, he don't care what you smell like. He grabs you up and he holds you in his arm. He don't care what you look like. He grabs you up and he holds you in his arm. He doesn't care what it looks like. He don't care what you smell like. He'll still kiss you. 1 John 1 and 9 says, If we confess our sin, 
He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from unrest. All you've got to do is ask God. God, I'm a sinner. I'm not worthy. Son said, I'm not worthy. Stood before his father. He said, I've sinned against heaven in thy sight, and I'm not worthy to be called your son. That's not what the father did. The father didn't quote back all of his sin, quote back all of his mess. He already knew what he'd done. That's what I love about God. God doesn't sit around and discuss it. Give us a hard time. Where have you been? Why have you done this? Why have you done that? No. The father said to the servant, bring forth the best robe, put it on him. Put a ring on his hand. Put shoes on his feet. What was he saying? I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. You're mine, and I love you, and you're my child, and I'm not going to leave you in the mess that you're in. Hey, servant, run down the road and get my best robe. What I like about that, he didn't say, hey, uh, you know that robe that you forgot to wash last week? Why don't you go get that? This boy smells like a pig. No, he said, go get my tuxedo. Go get my best robe. I don't care what he smells like. I don't care where he's been. I don't care what he's done. This is my boy. He's home. I thought he was dead. I thought I'd never see him again. You see, God knows when you made that choice and you go down that road, you may never see him again until you stand before him on judgment day. So if you come home, God gets excited. He said, get my best road. Put a ring on his hand. You know what's awesome about salvation? It's a three-step. My bishop says, it's as easy as one, two, three. Number one, I repent. That boy had to come to himself. He had to realize who he was. He had to head back toward the father's house. You see, that's what taking a step out of your pew and walking down to an altar does. It's taking a step toward the Lord. And I don't care what anybody else thinks. I'm going to come down here and talk to my heavenly father. At that point, he didn't care what anybody else thought. He knew where his answer was at. He knew where his peace was. He knew where he could find life again. That was at the father's house. The father said, put a ring on his finger. You know what that is? Bible says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. What is the name of Jesus? That's our family name. Sad in our world today, there's a lot of people, a lot of preachers baptizing people in something other than the family name. In the scripture, they were only ever baptized in the name of Jesus. They got their heavenly father's name. Jesus said, baptize in the name of the father. Because he was God robed in flesh. He said in the name of the Son and in the name of the Spirit. But you see there is only one name for the Father. Our Creator's name is Jesus. He became the Son of Man and his name is Jesus. And he said I won't leave you comfortless. I will come to you. The Holy Spirit. There's only one who's holy. That is God. God will come and fill you with his Spirit. So when you receive the ring, you get the family name. What's that mean? Well, he was broke a minute ago. But now he can buy whatever he wants. You see, my father owns the cattle on a thousand hill. God owns everything. And when I get the name of Jesus, all I've got to do is call out the family name. And angels start moving. And peace starts coming. And the price is paid because of the name of Jesus. So the father was saying, hey. He took everything he had, but he didn't take everything I've got. I'm still daddy. And put, put my ring on whatever he needs. All he's got to do is call on my name. When they went to town, if they didn't have any cash, they had the ring. They dipped it in ink and they pressed it to the paper and that meant the family will pay. So that's what the father did. He said, oh, you were lost, but now you found. Now you got my name again, son. Now you're mine. 
Oh, everything I've got. You may have come home broke, but you ain't broke anymore. Uh, you, may, you may have come home hurting. Sin may have drugged you through the mud pits of life. But if you'll come to the Father, the Father will give you the name back. If you'll call on the name of Jesus, God's peace will come. He said, put shoes on his feet. Slaves didn't go very far, so they didn't tend to wear shoes. But children, they traveled throughout, went to town, went here, went there. They needed something to protect them. They needed a protection. You know, all your nerves end in your feet. I know I got some problems in my feet. And boy, when you got a problem in your feet, you feel it everywhere. Right? And so he was saying, I, I want my child to be protected. Put shoes on. You know what the Holy Ghost is? The Holy Ghost is protection from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. The Spirit of God said, I'll surround you with my love. I'll make sure you're protected from top to bottom. I'm going to care for you. I'll take care of you. If you just get my spirit, if you get the Holy Ghost, you'll be protected for life. John, 1 John 3, 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons. Oh, it's good to know that I belong to the Father. It's good to know that he belongs to me. He didn't just get me. I got the better end of the deal. I get Jesus. He said, bring the fatted calf, kill it, let's eat and be merry. My son was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Luke 15, Jesus, verse 7, Jesus said, I say to you, likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. More than 99 just persons which need not repentance. In verse 10, he said it again. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only. God only became a man one time. He became the son of man. Jesus said it many times. I, the son of man. Why did he say it that way? Because he was God Almighty. He did not need to be a man. He became a man. He became the precious, blood-free, sin-free Lamb of God. And he died on a cross for you and me because he loves you. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believeth. You see, if you believe, just like that son said, hey, there's plenty to eat at daddy's house. I'm going home. If you're here this morning, you've been wondering, it's time to come home. If you've been in the house, but you haven't been where you know you need to be, it's time to come home. John 3, 5, Jesus said, you must be born of water and spirit. There's a spiritual birth. Both of them are a process. They're not just some poof believing on the Lord as your personal Savior and it's all good. No, there's a process. Birth is not, you don't go to the hospital and they just walk out and hand you a baby. Okay, it's your time. No, there's a process. There's some laboring pains. It's not easy, I know, to walk down to an altar and say, God, forgive me. It's a step of faith that it takes sacrifice. But I promise you, if you do it, it'll be the greatest thing in your life you've ever done. If you'll say, I'm coming home, Father, and you'll walk down here and say, God, forgive me, you'll find a father with his arms open. You'll find that he'll love you, he'll kiss you, he'll bless you, he'll touch you if you'll come to him. There's a story told, I'm closing. Musicians, please come. There's a story told in American folklore. Story of a young man who's an only child, born to elderly parents. 
one day as he got a little bit older, parents were talking to each other, and they said, I think it's about time we let him know where the money's at. Back in, banks weren't real popular, so they had it hidden. They took him, they said, hey, we need, we need you to know where the money's at. If anything ever happens to us, we want you to get the money, and we want you to have a good life. We want you to be happy. Just like human nature is, the boy began to daydream what he could do with all that money. One day he stole into mom and dad's hiding place and he took it all. Went down the road, spent it. Life was going good, everything was fine. But he started to remember his old mom and dad. Remembered coming home, school, and mom tossing his hair. Did you have a good day, son? Hey, I made your favorite meal tonight. We're going to have whatever it is. Melissa's lasagna. That's my favorite meal. Dad, come home and, son, when dinner's over, you need to get the fishing poles out because we're going to go down the fishing hole and do some fishing tonight. Oh, yeah. Time with Dad. He started remembering all that. Got homesick. homesick for peace today? Are you homesick for some love? Are you homesick for the Father? Got homesick and so he sat down and he wrote a letter. Sent it off to his parents. In the letter he apologized. I did you wrong. I'm dirty. You're probably still having to work even though you're elderly because I took everything you had. I'm not worthy to be called your son but I miss you. I'm going to get on the train and come toward home a certain time. I hope you can find it in your heart to forgive me. He got on a train a few days later, headed home, and sitting across from him was an elderly minister. And the man saw his distress, his eyes down. Obviously something was going on. And he said, young man, I'm a minister. Is there anything I can do to help you? I see you're under distress young man relayed the story and he said I told my parents there's an old bend in the railroad track when you come into town there's a big oak tree there I asked him if you could forgive me would you tie a yellow ribbon in the tree so I can get off the train and come home if there's not a yellow ribbon he said I'll get back on the next train back to where I came from you don't deserve what I did to you you, do, you don't deserve the things that I've done he bowed his head, tears coming down his eyes. He said, we're coming around the bend, preacher. Would you look for me? Is there a yellow ribbon in the oak tree? The preacher looked out, reached over and put his hand on the young man. He said, I'm sorry, there's not, there's not one yellow ribbon. Son, there's at least a hundred. That's what Jesus did. He didn't just give me eternal life. He gave me peace, love. He gave me a relationship with him. He loved me. Stand with me this morning if you would. If you would bow your heads, close your eyes. Father, we have preached, Lord, that you are looking for us. Where are you? My boy. Where are you, my child? Oh, we're hiding, God, because we sinned. 
We made fig leaves together and made garments. And God said, why? Because we're naked. I'm a sinner. I'm ashamed. I'm hiding. God said, it's all right. Come on home. I've made a way. Jesus, forgive me today. Forgive me. I believe you died for me. So precious, it can wash away my sin. I love you. I want you, God. I need you. As we close this service, I'm opening this altar. I'd like the church to come. If you're a visitor, you're welcome to come. Why don't we come this morning to the altar? Why don't you come and say, God, here I am? Don't come and bow down. Close your eyes, lift your hands up. If you ask God to forgive you, He forgives you. He's on His way. He's running right now to touch you. He's running right now. If you need to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says salvation is found in Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Peter said, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ. If you're here and you need to be baptized, we can do that today. And the Bible says you shall be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of the Lord is here. The presence of the Lord is here. Reach out to Him right now. Close your eyes. Lift your face up to heaven. Reach your hands up to heaven. God is about to pour His Spirit down by the authority of the Word of God and the power in the name of Jesus and the power of the Holy Ghost. I release the Spirit on every person in this place. I release the Holy Ghost. Let your Spirit move right now, Lord. Open your heart. Open your heart. Come home. Come home. You who are weary. You who are heavy laden. Come home. The Father is here. The Father is here. His Spirit is here. The Bible says you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost with stammering lips and another tongue. The Spirit will move on you. Let the Spirit move. Let the Spirit come. Be renewed this morning. Be filled this morning. Jesus.
shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb. 